Good morning. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining me on this morning's edition of Down to Earth. It's the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And today on our show, we're going to talk about some drama. There's a lot of drama out there in the atmosphere, wouldn't you say? A whole lot. I mean, if you think about it, we're in the midst of a recession. It's an impending recession. We're in the midst of a depression. We're in the midst of a housing crisis, a homelessness crisis. Yeah? We're in the midst of a mental health crisis, a joblessness crisis, a pandemic, and we have drama in the White House. Like, who does that? Who sets this up is the question that I want to ask. So today on our show, we're going to discuss the drama surrounding Kellyanne Conway's departure from the White House. Now, most of us are familiar with her. She's the woman responsible for getting Trump in the White House, so they say. She was his campaign manager. And somehow he won. We all know there are allegations surrounding how he won, whether Russia interfered with the election, is under a Senate probe. And, but we also know that somehow she was his campaign manager. She pulled the unthinkable. She's the first woman known to have uh, create, made a major political party, bring up a major political party's candidate to victory in a presidential election. So she does get that. But if you notice something about her, she's one of Trump's fiercest defenders. Like she will come out of the box and defend him even when it's nonsensical, even when it doesn't make sense, even when it flies in the face of facts. That's one thing about this administration. Facts they never cared about. All they cared about was the drum line, the sound bite, the sound bite. He ran the presidency in the White House as if it were a reality show, like everything was dependent on a drum line. It didn't matter if it were major policy. It didn't matter if it affected the way people see America. It didn't matter if it affected my life or yours. But here she is. She's suddenly in the midst of a re-election campaign, in the midst of a Republican National Convention, the night before the RNC's convention starts. It starts tonight in Charlotte, North Carolina. And she went to the White House and told the president, I got to go. In her statement, she says that she has to focus on her children because they have two teenagers who are about to go to high school and two tweens and because they're going to have to uh, homeschool them literally because all of us are in the same boat. It sounds like that's the reason why. We also know that her husband, her husband is uh, a conservative lawyer and a critic of President Trump. President Trump has called him a loser, a jackass, a a mistake of a husband, all kinds of names. Uh, I don't know if I could work for someone, continue to work for someone who refers to my spouse like that. She also has her oldest daughter, a teenager who is 15, has also created uh, Twitter and, <laughs> and TikTok fame by criticizing the president. So you got to wonder what happens in their house. Well, they obviously disagree about a lot. They obviously disagree about policy, disagree about direction. Her husband is a uh, Republican, a conservative lawyer, and he is part of the creator of the Lincoln Project. He's one of the co-founders of the Lincoln Project. The Lincoln Project are Republicans voting against Trump. That's them. They are Republicans, but they don't like Trump. So you can find them on Twitter. They uh, talk about a lot of stuff. They tweet stuff. They create, right now they're running an ad uh, against Trump. Now, (laughs) seriously speaking, This is a lot of drama, isn't it? So she 
despite her four kids as the reason for her departure from the White House, Kellyanne Conway, a counselor to the president and one of his most outspoken ardent supporters, is leaving her position at the end of the month. Conway's announcement comes days after her high school daughter tweeted about how Conway's White House position ruined their family. Conway's own husband, George T. Conway III, a conservative lawyer and outspoken critic of Trump, will be stepping away from his role at the Lincoln Project, a group of Republicans devoted to defeating Trump in November. You got to ask, hey, Alex Haggins, how are you? What's up? Uh, With all this soap opera-like drama surrounding our political leaders, how can we expect our country to recover or even get through a pandemic, a national election, and the impending recession? Alex, that's what's up. (laughs) Right? That's what's up. How can we focus as a nation, truly, if we are so focused on the drama surrounding this election, the drama in the White House, where the very political leaders who are supposed to be devoted to making sure that we find solutions to the problems that we are facing, the issues that we have, the pandemic, the recession that is coming, right, the depression, the fact that there are not enough mental health counselors in the country to counsel people, the fact that there is a homelessness crisis that is about to be a tsunami in major cities across the country, the fact that office towers are lying empty, the fact that there is a pandemic that has killed over 170,000 people. That just seems to be brushed under the carpet every time. Nobody seems to want to talk about the fact that 170,000 people died. Not one, not two, not 17, not 170, but 170,000 people died as a result of this pandemic. But you're going to focus on the fact that your position at the White House has ruined their family? You know what this looks like to me? This looks like to me her husband was about to walk out. Their family was ruined because she continues to defend a man who does not need defending, but somehow she thinks she should. And so her marriage was about to fall apart. It's obvious. Her husband was not supporting this foolishness and probably drew the line. Well, you want to be with them or you want to be with me? You want to save your family? That's what it comes down to. Or you want to be with them? So she decided she's going to save her family. Now, the truth of the matter is you really think she may be stepping away publicly, That doesn't mean that privately she's not going to offer advice and so on. After all, she was chief counselor to the president. The woman doesn't possess a law degree. When you look at this structured racism, foolishness, and bullshit in this country, it is freaking unbelievable. She does not possess a law degree. She doesn't have a master's degree. But she is what? Counselor to the president. It shows you where the president's mind is. He's employing people who have no position in leadership. They've never held any position. They've never held, they're not an expert expert on anything, no demonstrable expertise in any area to say, well, they've either survived something or they have been exposed to something, nothing. But she's chief counselor to the president. No wonder we're in the midst of a bloody pandemic that has killed 170,000 people, closed schools, closed colleges, rob people of their jobs, rob people of their livelihoods. And she's sitting up there worried about keeping her family. What about my family? What about your family who have been impacted and affected as a result of what this administration has done? Yes, I have beef with the president. Yes, I have lots of beef with the president, like everybody else. Like, dude, what's up? We gave you the confidence. You voted for him. People voted for him en masse. They thought he was going to bring them to the promised land or bring them across. I expected decency and running the country. And here we are today. 
Do you know how many people I sit in a group of people who provide homeless home uh, who provide shelter to homeless folks in the city of Detroit? Do you know that we are expecting a tsunami of homelessness when the evictions kicked in? The evictions were executed the week of the 15th of August. So they're going to start rolling in sometime around the 31st of August because after they went to court and the judge stamped, approved, approved, approved on them, the bailiffs go out and the bailiffs start looking to put people out. What are those folks going to do? You think I'm worried about Kelly and Conway family? Heck no. They have money. So they have layers. They can go to therapy. They can pay for divorce lawyers or whatever it is that happens. I'm worried about the 170,000 people who have died, what their survivors and family members have to say. I'm worried about the black man who was shot in his back at Point Blank Range in Kenosha, Wisconsin. That's what I'm worried about. Then I'm worried about Kellyanne Conway's family drama. It's just drama, unnecessary drama drummed up to shake our consciousness and rob us of focusing on the fact that going into a Republican National Convention where the president is seeking re-election, he has no platform, he has no, no focus on what he's going to do for the next four years, none whatsoever. He doesn't have a focus on how he's going to rid the country of a virus. He's getting involved in stuff he knows nothing about. He knows nothing about vaccines. He knows nothing about health. He knows nothing about drugs. Instead of letting the experts run the show, he decided it has to be all about him, like he's still on an episode of NBC. And I don't trust the national media either. Why? Because the national media, what I saw this morning, Fox, under the Trump administration, made $2 billion profit over four years. You really are going to trust the media? They were in it to win it. And the president provided them with what they wanted, drama. So they followed him everywhere. And to his supporters, to his lay supporters out there who are not thinking anyway, it looks like, yeah, he's doing something. He's always talking about something. He does nothing. And the rest of us are pulling our hair out like, my God, stop it. CNN, Fox, NBC, MSNBC, they follow him around because what? The money. This bloody country is so focused on the money that people are dying in the streets. People are dying in hospitals, and you're still focused on the money. We have a crisis right now. You want to know how bad the crisis is? We have a crisis where we are diverting truckers and diverting our transportation logistics from running the country and providing goods and services to making sure that they have adequate truckers to deliver food and medicine across the country. It has come down to bare basics like that. And you have people uh, postulating and pontificating. You think I'm going to watch that foolishness tonight? Heck no. Not tonight nor any night. It's ridiculous. This is what the country has come down to. Now, her daughter tweeted that her mother's position at the White House ruined their family. That's what her daughter tweeted. It ruined their family. Because prior to that, you never heard of her. You never heard of her daughter either. People usually in public spaces usually keep their children away, younger children away from the media. But all of a sudden, this has become a thing. Why has it become a thing? Because she let it become a thing. Your job follows you home. We all go home and talk about our jobs. We all do. It's part of life. It is what it is, as my kids would say, right? We all go home and talk about our jobs. We talk about what we do. But 
when people take you take for it's one thing that's your job out there, but you don't go home and defend the foolishness, then it would seem like that is more important, right? But this whole drama being played out is a diversion. It is a diversion because now we're going to have this talk instead of worrying about the 170,000 people, the fact that there is not enough testing, the fact that there is lack time in testing, the fact that databases are not adequate, the fact that the government itself runs the program, took the, the, the reporting from the CDC so they can manipulate the numbers so it will look like nothing is happening, like they're doing something about it. And you know what's crazy is that Susie, Karen, right, and Kevin, and Suzanne are going to go out there and vote for this man again, in spite of the evidence that everything has gone to pot, that the country is broken, that it's not working the way it should. We have expectations here in America. Maybe this is good for some other places, but here we expect things to work efficiently. We bust our asses and go to work and pay our taxes so that things work efficiently. That's our expectation. We have this expectation. It's not working like that. It's broken. And nobody on the Republican side can convince me otherwise. You have no freaking argument whatsoever. Don't come to me with your argument about the media hates this man. That's not true. The media loves him. He made $2 billion profit for Fox. The media loves him. The media does not hate him. They love him. It brings eyeballs to their screens. They're in competition to see how much more advertising money they can make while he's speaking, even if he's going to speak and say nothing but absolute foolishness. How can you? Who is in charge? It doesn't look like the president is in charge because most of the time when you ask him a question, he doesn't know. He doesn't know because he doesn't read. If he doesn't read, he's not informed. So the people around him manipulate him and tell him whatever they want him to say. That's what it comes down to. So who is running the country? Them? That bag of vagabonds? who created an immigration fiasco where children ended up in cages, right? And now people can't get asylum. Do you have any idea how dangerous the rest of the world is? So when people come here for asylum, it means they have nowhere else to go. And we're going to turn people back. And we have this big old land space with 330 million people. We're not even packed in. We have the land. Wyoming is empty. Montana is empty. Nebraska is empty, South Dakota is empty, North Dakota is empty, Iowa is empty, Idaho is empty. You can send some people up there. (laughs) Texas is overrun. Florida is overrun. There's still some land up in the mountains in New Mexico. Parts of Nevada are dry and arid like a desert. But we got some space out in Illinois and Indiana and Ohio and Michigan. Half of Michigan is empty. In fact, two-thirds of Michigan is empty. Northern Michigan is empty. You have towns with 500 people. We can do better than that. Send some people up there. That's what's called development. That's what's called vision. Looking into your society, seeing areas of opportunities, anticipating the problems before they happen, and have responses geared up. That's leadership. That's from where you are sitting. Your purview and your perspective is very different from, uh, from my purview and my perspective here. You are the leader. You have access to more information. They tell you things before it happens. Have a plan so it doesn't impact the people. That's called being responsible. Being responsible is not calling up Sean Hannity and waiting in line to speak to Sean Hannity, and you are the president. 
You're supposed to, Sean Hannity is supposed to jump through hoops when he hears you're calling. Not him waiting on you to call. Ah. And when you call, he's putting you on hold so he can talk to someone else. What the heck? we got a problem in this country. I wish they would take attention and focus on 170,000 people who have died. I wish they would tell us what the plan is for the fall. What is going to be the plan for the fall when the flu season and the pandemic roll into one? Tell me what the plan is. What is that plan going to be? I don't want to hear about emerging science that you have not developed. You have not had enough time to spend to see the effectiveness of how this particular virus is going to respond to any kind of treatment. There's not enough. And now that people have had the virus and are coming back, they're saying now that people are getting reinfected. Of course, because you're more susceptible. Isn't it a little bit like cancer, really? You have cancer and then it tends to come back three years later. Same thing. So we don't know. So how are you going to come and tell me in three months you have developed a convalescent plasma that is going to work? Hell to the no. That is risky and unsafe. Stop manipulating the public agencies that are supposed to be devoid of political control. Oh, my God. I am sick of the foolishness. I am tired of it. I think I'm at the stage where I'm just simply blown away and tired. Just tired of the fact that nothing is working and nobody else seems to have any control. It's like, where did the control go? So now we we have a crisis, right? Because now we recognize that maybe we placed too much power in the hands of one person. We gave the president too much power. In the past, we have always trusted that the person who was going to sit in the office was someone who was going to be good to the people. Well, now you know. They're not. So do you mind? We're going to have to change that. You can't just give power over to some people. Everybody, it's like you're running your own company, right? And you want, you like a guy, he's extremely charismatic or a girl, and you think, yeah, you just think the sun shines through them because you think they're extremely, they say a few things you like. But deep down, everybody is telling you that's not the person for the job. You shouldn't put that person in position. You can listen to all the counsel, but then in you, something is like, mm, but you still put them there anyway. And then your company is wrecked. And you're sitting there trying to clean up your company's reputation and clean up what your company does. That's where we are right now. We knew something was off, but we were like, mm, like the guy. Yeah, he says some things, but when he gets into the position, he will know this is not cool. This is not what you say. You don't say things like that. You know, we really actually thought that's what it was going to be like. Even the Republicans thought they could control him and they could manage him and get him on board to their way of life and their way of thinking. It didn't happen because he was essentially in it. He never went in it with any preparation. We learned later. He really just went in it to promote his own brand. What is his brand? Nothing. He has nothing. The buildings, he doesn't own the buildings. He pays rent on the buildings. They pay him for putting his name on the building, kind of a licensing deal. But he doesn't actually own it. Are you listening to me? So what, what was it all about? Maybe that's why we'll never see the tax returns, because the tax returns are going to say he didn't own anything. 
So you elect a president who has no specialty and no expertise in anything. Typically, we elect a politician, someone who has been a lifetime politician. In the case of Barack Obama, he was a constitutional lawyer. He had a background in community organizing. He had been a state senator, and he was a senator from Illinois. He had spent many years organizing grassroots community organizing. He taught constitutional law. He kind of came qualified. That was preeminently qualified. You had Bill Clinton, who had a lifetime in public service, right? Bill Clinton had spent time uh, organizing. He was a lawyer prior to. Then he organized. He became governor of Arkansas. So he had some experience. Same thing with George Bush. George Bush had a career in business, a background in business. His father was a senator. His father was a president, right? He came to it with some knowledge. He had ran the state of Texas. So he was a governor. So he had had some exposure to governance and what it means to run, uh, run public entities and to run government. Running government is not the same thing as running private enterprise. I think a lot of people don't understand that. A lot of people jumping up out there talking about he has expertise in business. And I'm like, you have no freaking idea what you're talking about. Being bankrupt seven times says a lot about how you run your businesses. That's number one. And number two, running a business is not the same thing as running government. See, you can run your business any which way you want to because you control. You can control your board of directors. But running the government is not the same thing. First of all, the government is bigger than you. The government has apparatuses that spread out all over the world. You cannot begin to imagine. It's not the same as running GM. GM has to bow to the laws of the country. The government is the law. So it's a different thing. So you don't just, the lesson here is that you don't just hire people because you like them. You hire them because they have some expertise and can deliver. What is their deliverables like? I'm one of those persons who I like deliverables. At the end of the day, I want to see what you deliver because the proof of the pudding is always in the eating. So people talk a good game, but show me what you have done. Show me how you have done something similar so I can tell what your deliverables are like. This is the deliverables referendum for this president. And Mr. President, I don't think it's, got, it's not looking real good for you. It's not looking like you're going to make it. You might as well start packing your bags and going because this is not looking good. If Kellyanne Conway can walk away, and I know she swore loyalty to you more than she swore to her family. You know, you know the, the, as the kids would say, the jig is up. Her daughter was so frustrated that she took to Twitter to share her angst that her mom's position has ruined their family. She didn't say destroyed. She said ruined. That means it's ir- the damage is irreparable. If I were Kellyanne Conway, I would have done the same thing. I'm thinking long term. This president is dependent on winning an election. The way it's looking, it doesn't look like he's going to win. But I want a husband. I still want to be important. And having a husband support is going to uh, prevent me from being sued by people later on. If the president doesn't win, I'm likely to be called up as part of his administration and be called up before a Senate hearing. After all, your position was counselor to the president. But what did you counsel the president on? She's going to appear in a Senate commission very soon. In a House meeting, they're going to call her up and ask her questions. And guess what? She's going to have to have her husband's backing to defend her. So she got smart and realized that 
really, I've been married to this guy for some time. I've known him and his circle. But I just met this guy who ran for president five years ago. Where your loyalties lie? She thought quick. Give the girl some credit. She thought quick and she drew the ball. Because if she's out of a job and she can't get a job, she still has a husband who will at least provide, as far as I'm concerned, who is at least going to protect her from the legislation and the lawsuits that are coming in January. Because believe me, they are coming. There's a whole lot that we want to know. What did you counsel him on? When this was happening, were you in the room? You said you were his chief counselor. What did you counsel him on? And I, and I kind of look at the media funny. Here is why. Because the media has never gone after her. She's a sympathetic figure because she's a white woman. The media has never gone after her and say, who are these people counseling the president? What, does she, what did she counsel him on? The media has never called her out and said, what advice did you give to the president? Never held her accountable. But when Barack Obama was running the country, they held everybody around him accountable. So he surrounded himself with the best so that those people, their reputations and their backgrounds would speak louder than their connection to him. They, the media has never called out Kellyanne Conway. They've never asked her questions about what her relationship is to the president and what sort of advice has she given him on matters of national interest. They never called her out and said, well, you're the chief counselor to the president. What you counsel him on the pandemic? They never called her out and asked her, did you counsel him on the 170,000 people of that? Did you counsel him on the fact that you want to ruin the USPS and give orders about dismantling the USPS in spite of the fact that people can't get their medication. There are people who are directly dependent on the USBS to deliver their medication. I knew something was up when my mail wasn't coming. Typically, you, like the rest of us, we get bulk mail, like junk mail through the roof. Like you, when you get the mail, you literally stand over the trash can like boom, 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 <laughs> because you get very few meaningful pieces of mail because most of us use online electronic activity to protect our, vulner- our vulnerability to identity theft. But you still get a bunch of junk mail. I'm like, where's the mail? I'm not getting ads. I'm not getting promotions. I'm not getting magazines. What happened? He wanted to dismantle the USPS because somebody told him that the FedEx could run the same thing as the USPS. He, the president has never lived normally. He's never had to stand near a mailbox and wait for anything. So how would he know? So what we're asking is, what did Kellyanne Conway advise the president on? She was his chief counselor. What did you tell him about that? When he comes up with an idea or wants to say something, what is your role? What do you say? Does he listen to you? Then how do you, if I'm counseling you and you're not listening to me, I am absent of your presence. I'm gone because you don't respect me. So if you don't respect me, why am I sharing myself with you? So if, the pre- if, if her defense is going to be, well, he didn't listen to me. He did what he said anyway, and he was the president. He could do. So what were you doing there? Why were you still there? Then you should pay us back the salary that the government paid you because you were not advising him. You were just sitting there filing your nails or going to get your hair done and get your toes done. Because what could you have told him? that made him create, he inherited a good economy, he ruined it. We have a problem with homelessness. Why is nobody talking about that? 
people who have lost their jobs. I'm waiting this week to see how many people file for unemployment. Because a lot of companies are trimming because now that they're at home and their workers are staying at home, they're trimming. So I want to know what's going to happen this week when the job number comes out. It's going to come out right there at the Republican Net. That's another thing that the government has tried to manipulate because they don't want to look bad. These are the issues. Nobody is talking about the issues. How Tomorrow I'm going to talk some more about this situation in, 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 in Kenosha, Wisconsin, a battleground state where a white police officer shot a black man at point-blank range. He grabbed him by his shirt and pointed the gun one, two, three, four times and shot him in his back. The man was in this field, and the police shot him in his back. Are you hearing me, people? I, I was so shocked and traumatized this morning when I saw the clip on CNN. I cannot begin to tell you how I feel. Why is nobody talking about that? That because the president created an atmosphere for people who were racist in the first place to proliferate. They felt that it was okay to do it because the president talked about it like it's nothing. So they can do whatever they feel like they can do. I am saying to you today, my thing is this, my position is this, we need to have an accountability. What are you folks doing in the White House? What do you do to prevent the tsunami of homelessness? My concern with that is that there are going to be children who are going to be trafficked as a result of it. What are you going to do? You're the government right now. For the next 60 days, we have another, what, less than 70 days to go in the election. What are you going to do to prevent this? What are you going to do to ameliorate this? I want to know. I want to know about the children whom we can't account for, who were separated from their families because somebody had an agenda and a hateful agenda. How did you let someone with such a hateful agenda be in a position of power? Because you didn't know. Okay, so did you hire people who knew? Stephen Miller is the architect of the fiasco of an immigration policy. He's better watch out because he's going to be held accountable. It's not going to go away like that. He's hiding now, hiding behind, hoping the Republicans will win, work, probably working behind the scenes to clean up all the mess and delete all the emails. Too bad, honey, they're up in the cloud. You can depress delete on your computers all you want. It's already captured. People already have it. You can't delete it off everybody's laptop, computer, and phone. People saved it so that they themselves can say proof. I didn't have a choice. It was my job. They told me I had to do it. The difference with Kellyanne Conway is that her job was to advise the president. The president didn't tell her what to do. She told him what to do. Now she's making a choice between her family. Girl, please, there are families right now who have to make that decision between sending their kids to school and going back to work. They're single mothers right now who are going to have to figure out how their kids 
are going to go to school and she can't work from home because her job was an essential worker. She's a nurse. She's a, a nursing assistant. She's a medical assistant. She's a phlebotomist. She's a, re, a, a physical therapist. She's a cashier at the grocery store. She's a checkout lady whom we all talk to at the grocery store because they're just so friendly sometimes. You just strike up a conversation and before you know it, you have a relationship going on. She's the checkout lady at your favorite retailer. She has children. She doesn't know what she's going to do. People are crying in this country. Have you ever been on a phone call with people who are crying because they don't know what they're going to do? They're so hopeless. I keep saying this over and over. There is a reckoning coming, and I don't think we fully understand the extent to which this is going to happen. There is a reckoning coming. There is a reckoning coming because we have totally messed this up. We have totally given up our control and have totally messed this up. And now where do we find ourselves? This is where we find ourselves. We're not at the top of the totem pole. People are like, America, you're kind of the ones who call the shots. We kind of look at you, so what's up? And we are like, dude, we don't know. We don't know either. We're waiting on them to tell us what's going on, and we don't know. We hope the military is really doing its job of protecting us and watching over us so Russia and China don't think, while they're distracted, I can go do some some stuff. You see what I'm saying? It, 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 it's just crazy. And when you look at the RNC, the Republican National Convention, that rolls out, it's just going to be all festive. It's going to look like nothing is happening. Meanwhile... You know that John out there in, in Idaho can't get his diabetic medication? Did you know that? Meanwhile, the farmer who is over there in, in Wyoming can't get his live chicks delivered because the postal service is shut down. I didn't even know the postal service has been delivering live chicks since 1918. I did not know that. That rural agricultural producers depend on the USPS for the transportation of their goods and services. I did not know that. So what was the deal that FedEx was going to get? The government was going to pay FedEx to do that? So why you can't pay the USPS? The USPS is cre- was created by the Constitution. Did you know that? The USPS is mandated. The USPS is why we have free speech. The USPS is why we have the First Amendment. Yes. No wonder they want to dismantle the USPS, because if you dismantle it, then it raises the removal of free speech and the First Amendment. Yeah, we can talk about stuff. The USPS is why. So if the, if the, if the, USPS, is not, the USPS is not supposed to open our mail by law. If they open your mail, it's a fraud. The USPS is why we have wire fraud. You send money illegally, or you send money, or you get money illegally and do something else that's called wire fraud. That's where it comes from. It's the USPS. It's sort of the backbone of a lot of these uh, laws. No wonder they want to dismantle it. Steve Bannon was, 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 was arrested because of what? The USPS actually exists. He committed wire fraud. He collected money that was sent by mail <laughs> to a post office box. And he violated the terms of the agreement. He collected the money and used it fraudulently. 
under fraudulent pretenses. The USPS agents went to pick him up, and you wonder why they wanted to dismantle the USPS. So we can't dismantle the USPS because by law, it is required to deliver mail every United States address in Guam, in Hawaii, right? So it be where is FedEx? So who's gonna pay to do that? FedEx? My FedEx delivery who is always sitting in Oak Park, Michigan and can't get anywhere? Or I have to go up to the place in Southfield, right down the street, down the corner there to go get my FedEx delivery. Are you kidding me? FedEx? Who lost my iPad three years ago? Who lost my Apple Pencil three years ago? By the way, where's my Apple Pencil? That's a good one. FedEx? You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> it's the craziest thing I have ever heard in my entire life. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, we got a problem. We got a problem. Our problem is too much drama in places where it shouldn't be, in places that should be stratified, in places where vision is necessary, in places where the conversation should surround solutions and issues, we're having drama. This is a distraction, and I wouldn't be surprised if this distraction was not created. I submit that this distraction was created because it's going to override the RNC this week where they don't have anything to talk about. They don't have anything to convince even their own supporters why they deserve another year, another four-year term. To do what? To run the country? The country is already practically destroyed. They probably won't be in America. Probably turn to Russia for help. Didn't he turn to Russia for help? Who turns to Russia for help? Nobody in the world. Oh, you're going to call a Putin. He's not your friend. Mr. President, Putin is not your friend. Putin is not your friend. Putin intends to destroy the U.S. and he's using you to do it. And he knew that going in. That is why. He's not your friend. He has no good. He want, if he destroys America, he eliminates America so he can have access to Europe. And if he controls Europe, he kind of, the balance of power shifts because then he can do whatever he wants. He can march up in Britain. He can march up in France. You think the people in Europe are not aware that we have abdicated our role as the protector of Europe? So at any given moment, Russia can march in on Europe. You think they have forgotten? Mr. President, you are not aware of this, but they are. Kellyanne Conway clearly was not. She doesn't think like that. Kind of vacuous space in there where you focus on Trump and Trumpism rather than America and Americanism. This is my country, too. I live here. This is my country. My children live here. This is where they live. This is where they're going to live. This is where we all are going to be for generations to come. My generations are going to be here forever. I have vested interest in making sure that this democracy stands and continues. I have vested interest in making sure people who look and sound like me and people who look and sound like you are not homeless. I am worried about that. I'm worried about mental health crises that are taking place across the country and we don't have enough resources to do it. I'm worried about what are we going to do with our kids this fall. They're going to lag behind the rest of the world. I'm worried for my country. 
This is our country. I'm worried for our country. I'm asking you to join with me in prayer that Jesus is going to take the wheel, that something has to be done, that our country is going to come back and come back better, that we're going to get America, the America we have known, the America we have defended, the America we have loved. I want that America back. The city on a shining hill that defends the poor, provides for their own people. I want that America back. I want America in which a president understands his role and understands he's the defender of mankind. He's the ruler and defender of mankind. Where it's not about posturing and pontificating on Fox News. I don't want my president to be at the behest of Sean Hannity. We don't even really <laughs> give Sean Hannity any respect. Really, Mr. President? Oh, kind of not. He should be running behind your tail, not you running behind him. That's the balance of power we like. I want a world in which America is the big dog. America has the big stick and Russia backs up. That's the world I want to live in. The world in which America is the defender and helper of mankind. I want a world in which 170,000 Americans will not die because of a virus. I want a world in which our hospitals are equipped. I want a world in which there's parity and equality for women and everybody else who thinks they're different. I want a world in which police officers don't think they have license to shoot black men in the streets just because you're a police and you have a gun. That police officer in Kenosha needs to be fired and he needs to be charged with assault, with a deadly weapon. Yes, that's the world. It's called equality and justice. For all, I want a world in which this homeless crisis we're about to face is solved. We have the resources. Do you know we have empty buildings? It's an emergency. We can command that those buildings be used immediately to accommodate people who are homeless. I want a world in which health care is available for all. People have such high deductibles, they didn't even go to the doctor. Because your deductible is three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000. You have to pay that first before you can be seen by a doctor. That's Unfair. Republicans, senators, you, why do you hate people? You do. You do. Your actions speak louder than words. I don't want any drama, less drama, more action. My name is Harriet Kimmock. This has been Down to Earth. Visit my pages on Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts as well. And continue to listen to more of our podcasts on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you so much, everybody. This has been Monday, the 24th. It's the start of the Republican National Convention. I'm sure you're going to tune in or listen, be that as it may. Support, but do do me a favor. We need to send up a prayer. Jesus needs to take this with us. Right? Thanks so much, everybody. Be blessed.